Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to LEGO Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. And this is episode four of the TV show. It is the second elimination, but it's also the first time we've had two builds in one episode. Zoe, how are you feeling about the show? I'm feeling overwhelmed, to be honest. There's so much happening, so many episodes, so fast, but that's good. That's what we want. So let's just get into it. So we'll chat through the first build to start. Um, and then we'll jump into the elimination build. So this one was teams had six hours to combine the DNA of two creatures and the winner of this build gets an advantage for the elimination build. It was kind of interesting. This is one of the only times where the contestants have had literally zero choice in what they build. Mm. Obviously, they can still choose how they go about building it, but I can't think of any other time where they've had absolutely no choice whatsoever in how to build. The closest thing would be when they had to recreate the objects in season two, but even then they could choose the object. So it was kind of interesting. And I think we sort of saw some teams that shun here and some teams that really struggled with that lack of control, which is kind of an interesting division. Yeah, I, I thought the same. Some really kind of like stepped up and kind of almost leveled up in their building and others, yeah, like you said, really actually struggled with this. So let's jump into Gabby and Ryan. They had Shark and Flamingo. <laughs> um, and there was a lot of talk about Kale Scale with these two. Yeah, for sure. So they basically just went big. So it was more or less a shark that was kind of pink with a couple of little flamingo bits. It was very big. It was very big. It took up most of their table. <laughs> it was huge. I did like it. I thought the construction of the shark and the shape of the shark were like really on point. There was something about like the massiveness of the build that I did appreciate, mm -hmm. but they did kind of sacrifice detail and specifics mm. for the sake of that scale. So in the end, I think, you know, a little bit smaller might have helped them out, but I think they knew that as well. So it worked out for them more or less. I did also get vibes at one point of the build in season two where Jackson and Alex were building the tower full of solid Lego blocks and were just putting like tens of thousands of Lego blocks down. And it just reminded me that that was a really good moment from season two. Very funny. My only question for them was like, why did they fill the entire shark? Like they put bricks inside the whole thing. I, I, I assume so it was solid, but that just seemed unnecessary to me. Well, near the end, there maybe was a conversation really briefly about it, but near the end they started using different bricks, like tall, thin Lego bricks, as opposed to just normal, like two by fours or whatever. Yeah. So that might have been a reflection of them going, oops, we went a bit overkill here. Mm. They could have just been worried about yeah, stability because that was an issue that some of the other teams did have. Yeah. And speaking of which, let's jump quickly to Amy and Darway, who had a scorpion elephant. Mm. I just want to take a moment to appreciate that Darway took Lego to the face in this episode. Episode, like he's really putting his body on the line for the build yes. and I think we need to appreciate that. Yes, he's definitely like putting it all out there, trying everything he possibly can and I do appreciate that. Like I winced 
they they basically built an elephant with extra legs mm-hmm. and it was big and chunky like an elephant as well. And, you know, they had all these struggles, as you guys saw, keeping it mounted. Um, you know, I say good on them, committing to a pretty extreme build and I wish they'd had more luck with it. Mm. Brickman seemed to say to them that he thinks they should have given up on some of the elements of it earlier. But I appreciate the commitment, guys. You, you go. Yeah, and of all builds to try it, this is one where... Obviously, there's no elimination of the line. I want to jump to Jess and Anthony real quick. I want to give them a lot of points for the way they sort of focused on the humour of their build. Mm -hmm. So their combination was a flamingo and a pig. And they did some... The the first thing they pointed out was the way they did the leg, Mm -hmm. where it was like one big flamingo leg and then it's like a pig leg sticking off to the side to like really juxtapose the two. And I think they are the team that spent the most time on like making sure their build highlighted how weird the two were. Yes. Like some of the other builds really tried to integrate the two animals, which is really cool. Cool. But Jess and Anthony were just like, yo, this mashup is crazy. So I really appreciated that angle. Yeah, I agree with all that. I actually thought this was like quite cute compared to some of the others, which were terrifying. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm going to jump to Harrison and Michael. You know, I'm a big fan of these guys, but my notes literally say this thing is terrifying. I hate it. That's fair, but I guess <laughs> that was probably their intention. So still, they still get points for it. Absolutely. I just wrote that I liked how spindly it was. And I'm mm. not sure if spindly is a word, but I think you get the gist. They, they did do a good job. He's a spindly boy. They did have two like unappealing looking animals, like a spider and a bat. Neither of them is like particularly cute. So I thought they did a good job of like blending those and kind of just pushing it to the max. But I, I didn't want to look at it. <laughs> I don't like spiders. No, that's fair enough. Fair enough. He was very spidery. Let's go to Sarah and Fleur, who are so cute. I just hate to say this. Like, I just love them. They're just so wholesome. Um, But they were just not having any luck with this build. I think they're a team that did really struggle with being prescribed what to build. And they sort of commented on it in the episode as well. Mm. They need to have a clear idea of what they want to build from their perspective so they can put their spin on it. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated the way that Hamish and Brickman just looked at it positively Instead of Brickman getting really deep about how they didn't do a very good job, they just sort of said, you know what, this one didn't work out, but you guys have learned some lessons for next time. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I thought it was very sweet the way Brickman kind of gave feedback, knowing it wasn't what they wanted um, and knowing that it wasn't their best work. I thought he did a good job of handling that. Let's jump to Owen and Scott who had a peacock shark. The only note that I had written for this was, yo, this build owns, because that build owns. I thought it was so good. I didn't even care about the extra leg, which they had to build to balance it. I just thought it looked really, really good. And they went for a great juxtaposition of the, mm-hmm. the peacock bit and the shark bit, and they both looked so good. I was a fan. I was mildly stressed at the start when they're like, yeah, we're going to like use mechanics and we're going to have the head moving. And I was like, it's a six-hour build, get it together. <laughs> um, but it, it looked great. I, I This was actually my favorite aesthetically. Um, I just thought they did such a good job and I loved, yeah, all the different colors they used. Yeah, I think I'd agree that it was my favorite aesthetically as well. And the winner did go to David and Gus, but Brickman said that was mostly because of how technical it was. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of something that I have to take his word on. Like it looked like it was difficult, but I wasn't there and I don't know that much about Lego. So (laughs) if Brickman says it's super impressive, I believe him. It did also look really impressive. Like aesthetically, it was definitely my close second favorite. Um, but yeah, the, the way that they kind of incorporated the, the round body of the walrus, the skinny legs, and then they had it all on that one leg. 
they're definitely very talented. I feel like they're just going from strength to strength. A hundred percent. They're such a strong contender. And at this point, it's kind of their race to lose, I feel like. So they won the advantage going into the elimination field, which meant that they got an extra 30 minutes of build time, but they could stop the clock at any point. And everyone else has to stop. Such a funny idea. <laughs> and then they get to keep going. Yeah, I. this is a huge advantage. I thought it was a really fun twist on the advantage thing. It wasn't just some extra time. And it wasn't too much either. Like, it wasn't a ridiculous amount. Mm. But it had that little extra twist of being able to stop people. I wonder if they were, like, looking around the room to try and find a really funny time to stop. Mm. They didn't seem mean, so I don't think they would have done it at, like, a really, really mean time to the teams but just like a time that was like kind of a bit strange Mm. I liked it a lot so they took it with one hour to go which I actually didn't mind because it forced all the other contestants to like take a break step back think about what you're doing like it 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 almost helped the other contestants as well so this build was the mission to mars it was one of brickman's amazing builds that has seven empty compartments in the middle and each team was responsible for one compartment uh, with the theme being pick what humankind is going to take to Mars. And it was all in minifigure scale. So with this one, as they talked about, the idea was for it to intentionally be a really small build so you couldn't build big even if you wanted to, which I liked a lot. But I don't know what it says about me as a potential contestant one day, which will never happen, (laughs) that as soon as you said, you have to build something that you take to Mars, straight away I went straight to, okay, I'll need supplies, I'll need lots of fuel, I'll probably need some way of getting around on Mars. Like no part of me went to like interesting things. I just went straight to like important logistical things you'd need for a trip. (laughs) Yeah, my mind went to food. Yeah, and then like they're all building like creative stuff and I was like, oh yeah, it's a fictional spaceship. It's not a real thing. Yeah. (laughs) Should we start with the winners? So our top two was Sarah and Fleur and Gus and David. Gus and David were the winners. They had their fun arcade and they sort of had a jumping castle and they used mechanics to make that move and it was very fun. I don't know if... I would have picked it as the winner, though. Do you have any strong feelings about who would have been the winner or you just feel like it wasn't necessarily the clearest choice? I think I would have picked Sarah and Fleur or even Gabby and Ryan. I actually thought that the top two was going to be Gabby and Ryan and Sarah and Fleur. Gus and David's was amazing, obviously, but I just thought there was less of a story than the others. The others had their scene and then they sort of had lots of little things happening within it and there was like just it was a bit more substance to it. But obviously Gus and David have, have the technical skills and and I guess my eye doesn't like go to that straight away. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I did like their build a lot. I don't really have strong feelings about who I thought should have won, but what I appreciated about them was the way they thought outside the box. Like mm-hmm. they had that bucking ball that came out of the build as just the clearest example of that. So I did appreciate that. I was actually wondering if everyone knew that they could actually build outside the space that they were given. 100%. Great question, or- yeah. If Gus and David were just the only ones who thought to do it. And so when David and Gus, the hot dads, won this build, that's then three times in a row that they've won. Pretty sure that's the first time that's ever happened. Two times in a row, I think, might be the first time, let alone three times Mm. in a row that's ever happened in the history of LEGO Masters Australia. They are definitely building a name for themselves as like these simple in quotation marks builds that are really effective. Like they get one idea and they just really nail it. Um, I think... That'll definitely be a running theme for them. Yeah, I totally agree. Sarah and Fleur were our runners-up, and I just loved this. Maybe more so because it came off the back of them having a really disappointing build where they were really struggling, and then they just owned this. But they did like Mars the Musical, it was a musical theatre theme. 
Um, they sort of had this like tiered stage, which I thought was a really effective use of space. And I just loved it all. I loved all the colors. Big fan. Yeah, I think it's just a really great example of what we talked about a few minutes ago, which is that when they can choose their own ideas, mm-hmm. they have great ideas and they can execute them so well. Yeah. And I loved that they managed to tell a lot of stories within the build, but but it was actually still quite simple and easy to look at. It, it's really easy for the builds to get a bit cluttered and, and there to be too much going on. But this was just like the way they laid it all out and had like contrasting colors. And this is like my, my favorite build of theirs for sure. Let's jump to Jess and Anthony who had a chocolate factory explosion. I want to talk about real quick the way that because their build was higher to the top of the space shuttle when Brickman was judging it, he was standing on like a little stepladder or a table or something. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just very funny to me for some reason to see him towering over all the contestants yeah. while like really giving this heartfelt feedback to them. <laughs> I don't know. It was good times. I really liked their build actually. I thought that the idea was really fun. Um, I loved like the kind of clear like compartments that they built at the back that were holding chocolate bars. Um, it was just really fun. It was very like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory vibes. I do want to talk about how they had an apparent mistake in the build. Mm. They were talking about how there was a minifig who was kind of trying to hold back one of the chocolate pieces and Brickman kind of talked about it as if it was like a really obvious mistake and, and Jess and Anthony agreed. They were like, oh, are we going to get set home because of this one really big mistake? Yeah. I have no idea what they were talking about. That minifig made sense to me. It made sense to the story. It was telling stuff. They said it was blocking the view of the build. I don't really agree, although maybe that was like a TV versus in-person thing. Mm. So no idea what that was all about. They're going to chill out for a <laughs> sec because they did a good job. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but... I did wish that we could have seen more of this. They sort of got through it pretty quickly and I was like, can you show me more, please? I want to know what's going on. All right, Michael and Harrison, they did the dogs escape and they had these really cute dogs in space suits and it was just all a little bit silly. (laughs) Um, I feel like this one was tough to get a sense of on TV. Mm -hmm. Like it seemed like it was a build that you really needed to see in person. I agree. The only thing was Brickman did say he wanted them or he, he wished that they sort of had a dog hanging off the edge and someone kind of going after them in space. That sort of brought me back to that question of, were they told that they were allowed to do that? Would Did they maybe think of that and then were like, oh, well, we have to stay within our compartment? I just have a lot of questions for the producers, really. <laughs> <laughs> it is also so tough because even though this was a shorter build, I think it was eight hours, that's still eight hours of their life, 16 hours between the two people. Yeah. They're like, they've poured their heart and soul into this build and then we see 10 seconds of it in TV and we're like, yeah, it was cool anyway, you know, blah, 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 nothing much to say. And, like, I can just imagine, like, how much time and energy they've poured into it mm. for us to barely, you know, be able to consider it. So it just must be tough when they then finally see the episodes and go, oh, yeah, I, I guess that's what it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> we'll jump to Gabby and Ryan, who did the art gallery heist. And this was another favourite of mine from this build. I was actually very impressed by them. I feel like they kind of stepped it up a level from the last couple of builds. They had this art gallery with Mona Lisa and the Statue of David. Um, and then, yeah, they had people kind of like rubbing it. And I just thought that they really used color well. It was all very bright, but also kind of contrasting and the lights going off. It was one of those builds where they got the attention and then held it, which I am impressed by. Anytime anyone does anything even slightly heist related, I'm on board. Yes. No questions <laughs> asked. We're good. So. It's a tick. We'll jump to our bottom two, which was Scott Nolan and Amy Darway. 
Scott and Owen, all my notes are in capital letters for these guys. It was literally like I'm yelling. I'm yelling as I type. I was like, Owen, give it up. Put some color in. Brickman's telling you like, I mean, from what I can see on TV, it's all gray. Like I can't see what's going on. I was, I just wanted to be like, dude, listen to Brickman and Scotty. See, I agree with you in that they should have listened to Brickman. Mm -hmm. I hard disagree with Brickman so strongly. It's ridiculous. Brickman was pretty savage. But like his point that like it's not going to stand out if there's no color is absurd because every other build was so colorful. Theirs easily stood out the most because it was the only one in the space show that looked different at all. From a distance, it was like a big mess of color and then right in the middle, this one build that grabbed your attention because it looked so different. I totally agree with that aesthetic decision. I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't like as much they were the only team to do like militarized stuff. They're like, you know what know what this needs? We need some guns and stuff. Yeah. Nah. That's up your alley. <laughs> I don't think we do, guys. But like aesthetically, it was absolutely my favorite. I think even if they said, hey, it's like an old 60s black and white sci-fi movie, maybe Brickman would have been on board with it. I don't know <laughs> if that's true. I, I thought it was such a good idea and unfortunately didn't work out for them. I agree with you in the sense that compared to all the others, like when all seven are lined up in that compartment, your eye does go to it because it's the one that's not colourful. But I don't think that that should necessarily be a factor in the judging. Like you're not judging it based on how it looks compared to all the others. You're judging it based on how the build is. So agree with you with in that sense. But I, looking at just that build, I was like, I can't tell what's going on. And look, this seems to be a bit of a common theme with me. So maybe I just, like, I do have bad eyesight. So maybe that's it. But <laughs> I, I agreed with Brickman. I was like, it's there's too much gray. I think that that main character needed to be, like, it could have just been, like, black or... Yeah, like a different shade of the gray. Yeah, I, I just thought there was there was yeah. too much with the, the base and then all, all the surroundings being gray. It did remind me, though, a little bit of Andrew and Damien's final build with the two kind of like big gladiators that were going against each other. I was like getting vibes from them. I guess those are the only two times that we've had mechs on the show, so I guess that makes sense. Maybe. Maybe that's it. (laughs) Lastly, Amy and Darway, who unfortunately were eliminated this episode, they did the return to Mars mission and it was kind of like an alien jailbreak. And look, I actually really liked the idea. They just sort of struggled with the execution. Yeah, I don't think there's too much controversial to say here. I really did like their build and I don't think it stood out as the weakest to me at all. Yeah, I think the problem was just that they kind of tried to do a bit too much. And that actually is a bit of a theme with them. I think they actually just like have a lot of really great ideas and then kind of are still refining that process of putting it together and then just taking bits out when they don't work. I think like they love all their ideas, so they want to include them, which makes complete sense. I did kind of think they almost had the opposite problem of Scott and Owen. There was like a bit too much colour. But something I did disagree with that Brickman said was that he thought the alien was too square. And I was like, well, yeah, like Lego bricks are square. (laughs) Like, (laughs) What are you going to do about it? I thought the alien looked great, so I disagreed with Brickman on that. It was interesting to hear them say that when Brickman asked them what they would have done differently, I said, I wish I spent more time in the alien and less time in the surrounding things. Mm. I don't know if I necessarily agree. Like I thought the alien looked really good and within the constraints of their small space, not sure how much else they could have done and making it fit into that setting would have been the way to sell that. Mm. Overall though, it is just really sad because 
I think they were a team that were really, really strong and we would have seen some really good builds from. Yeah, it was very sad to see them go, especially because I think that they were a team that had a lot of potential and I was really looking forward to seeing them grow over the season. So very disappointing. So next week is some sort of, they referred to it as like a treasure map build. Yeah. It looked a little bit similar to the first build, to be honest, where everyone gets a plot of land and they have to build something fantastical on it. I'm sure it'll be different once we actually see the specifics of it, but so far that's kind of all we know. Yeah, I think they were sort of calling it like a hero's quest. Um, It was almost like a bit Indiana Jones vibe, so I'm interested to see what it is. I hope they push them all in a slightly stronger direction. Not exactly the same, obviously, but week one was just build whatever you want, so Mm. it'll be cool to see them all build stuff that related to each other a little bit more. We'll see how they go. And that one is an immunity challenge, so no elimination next episode. Thank God I can't take it. (laughs) There's too many eliminations. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast because we're going to put out an episode for every episode of the TV show and we'll have interviews with all the contestants, etc. Our interview with Jeff and Atlanta went up a couple of days ago. It was a fantastic interview. They were such a joy and they told us a lot of really interesting stuff about being on the show. So definitely go and check it out. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at legomasters underscore deconstructed and on Twitter at lmdthepod. We'll also post there whenever we have a new episode or any fun little insights. As always, feel free to DM us any thoughts, feels about the episode or about different contestants or what we've said on here or anything. Always up for a chat. Also, just as a fun one, go to YouTube and search Aldi Australia Give It Another Go Fridge Takeover and you'll find an ad from Aldi that stars one of the contestants from this season of Lego Masters. I'm not going to tell you who but you'll recognize them straight away. Um, Just a fun little coincidence. All right, I think that's everything, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.